there, everyone, and welcome back to Hail to the Podcast, a podcast by Redskins fans, for Redskins fans, for those of us who have been hailing through the thick and thin. I am your host, Andrew Alex, a sports reporter at 90.7 WUVT and ESPN Radio here in the great city of Blacksburg, Virginia. And, you know, great news, folks. We went to training camp. Training camp was awesome. Went down to Richmond, Virginia, and I am ready to bring you all of that. Plus, we're going to preview Week one of the preseason against the New England Patriots. And as well, I got some great quotes from some Redskins players. There's a quote from Vernon Davis that you're really going to want to stick around for. I think it's a very telling quote about the state of the offense, the state of this team with Alex Smith as quarterback. And we're going to wrap things up with me saying a couple words about the retirement, the official retirement of D'Angelo Hall. So without further ado, Let's get things started. So first of all, by the way, I'd just like to say, if you are a previous listener, if you are coming back, thank you for coming back. We're glad to have you. If you are a new listener, thank you for taking the time out of your day to check out this podcast. But here we go. I went to training camp. It was a totally awesome experience down there in Richmond. And I got a couple of observations that really stuck out to me. The first being... Let's talk about Darius Geis, you know? I mean, who doesn't want to talk about Darius Geis? He is the most hyped rookie, at least the most hyped rookie running back, maybe in the history of this team, at least since, oh, who knows how long. Probably in the history of this team, but from what I could tell at training camp, he is as advertised as a player and as a person. Now, the key there is from what I can tell in training camp. They're not live hitting. You know, no one's tackling Darius Geis and bringing him to the ground and trying to rock his world. But the speed is there, and I really liked what I saw that he could do out of the backfield. I saw some, like, making catches out of the backfield, I should say. That was something that a lot of people criticized him of, said that, you know, he isn't really a guy that could catch some balls. But, you know, Jay worked him a little bit this weekend, and I thought that he showed that he has a little bit more ability than we may have previously assumed he did out catching balls out of the backfield. The speed is there. He's very shifty. He has great vision. So that's something that we're all really looking forward to with Darius. As a person... He is a man of the people. We have seen it. If you're on Twitter, you've seen it on Twitter. The stories are there. It's on ESPN. The man who was once accused of having character issues is a character within himself, and a good one. Incredibly high energy, incredibly gracious dude. Saturday was fan day. Thousands and thousands of fans out there trying to get autographs after practice. Darius stayed out for over an hour, you know, blow pop in his mouth, signing autographs. You may, you guys may have seen what he did with Rich Kreitz. Rich Kreitz, his re-enlistment ceremony. Darius was a part of it. Just a really good guy. He's receiving universal love from this fan base, and he is giving it back in return, which I think is awesome. The real test of his character will come, you know, when something goes wrong, a fumble, a bad loss. You know, not everything's always going to be flowers and roses, no matter how good of an NFL player you are. But if he can perform on the field and keep up this high character in the moments of adversity, Darius Geis has the potential to be the face of the Redskins franchise, and he has the potential to make the other 31 teams in this league constantly remember that they passed up on him in the first and, some of them, in the second round. Staying at running back, though, the second thing that I noticed is this competition is really just still up in the air. Obviously, we know the Redskins have two running backs that are, barring injury, locked into the 53-man roster. That's Darius Geis as well as Chris Thompson. But 
Beyond that, there's another probably two running back spots that are up for grabs. Rob Kelly and Samaj P. Ryan have been the two, you know, premier running backs in this Redskins offense over the last two seasons. Kelly, the undrafted free agent, out of Tulane a couple years ago, really impressed, had a great rookie year. Last year, hampered by injuries, production was down. P. Ryan, the rookie fourth-round pick out of Oklahoma in 2017, he showed flashes, but not a very productive season. And, you know, these guys have a lot of NFL experience, but we have to remember that the Redskins did choose to pick a running back in the second round. That's for a pretty good reason. Rob Kelly, I saw he got a lot of work over the weekend. He was doing great in a lot of the drills, the goal line drills. He was working with the first team a lot. From Pirine, I saw he had his moments, but at this point I feel like he is the odd man out. I think Jay really likes Rob Kelly, and you know, if I had to put my money on it, I would say Rob Kelly is going to be on this 53-man roster. Now, from there... Jay has a decision to make, right? You can stick with the group of guys that most people would have assumed would have made the team, you know, prior to training camp, like a month ago or something, right? So that would be Geis, Thompson, P. Ryan, Kelly. That was the conventional wisdom, you know, T-minus a week before training camp. But now Jay has been hinting that he might want to keep a backup, kind of a third-down style Chris Thompson running back, a backup for Chris Thompson on the team. In that case it looks like you're going to end up with Byron Marshall. But if you do that, then you got to cut your fourth-round pick from last year who wasn't good, but he wasn't so bad that you just want to give him up. So that that's a uh, an interesting debacle that you have there if you're Jay Gruden. And, of course, you know, it's football. There's always alternatives. He could do three running backs. He could do five running backs. So if you're Jay Gruden... The running back position is something that you're going to focus a lot on, but I liked what I saw from Geis. I liked what I saw from Kelly. P. Ryan had his moments. Byron Marshall, I honestly didn't see a lot of Byron Marshall. Capri Bibbs got some work. He also has a chance to make this team. But the running back position is going to be probably, you know, for that last running back spot, one of the big storylines of this training camp. The third observation is, guys, a lot of these draft picks aren't going to contribute right away. As a Hokies fan, right, a Virginia Tech Hokies fan I am, it hurts me to say this, but Greg Stroman, my guy, not doing so hot out there. He struggled in both individual drills, the 7-on-7, some of the 11-on-11s. He just kind of looked like he was overmatched by guys like Brian Quick, Maurice Harris, even the undrafted free agent rookie Cam Sims had a moment against him. So we have to keep in mind, right, he's only been on an NFL practice field for like a a few weeks, and there's always going to be a learning curve. I mean, Kendall Fuller had a learning curve, but Kendall Fuller also had, you know, a lot more potential, I would say, than Greg Stroman. Stroman, I've always said his route to making this team would be showing that he has ability as a punt return. We're going to have to look at that. But there's one guy that's been sticking out, and I'm echoing a lot of what other people have been saying here, but that's just quite frankly because it's true. The undrafted free agent cornerback, Danny Johnson, A guy from Southern University, which is one of those historically black college and universities, we'll call them HBCUs, that don't necessarily got a lot of attention. They're smaller schools, smaller football programs, but if you look in the right places, you can find a lot of talent. And from what I saw, and like I said, what's being echoed by pretty much everyone else in Redskins media, this guy has a legit shot to make the roster. I mean... Look at, look at this competition, right? Adonis Alexander always going to be a project. Stroman has been underwhelming, and lest we forget, 
The seventh round pick from a year ago, Josh Hosley, dropped a table on his foot and currently isn't even able to get out there and compete for that position that he is vying for. Now, the Redskins aren't here to keep every kid that they drafted, and, and undrafted free agents can and will have a shot if they prove they can play. And hey, for what it's worth, Doug Williams, a guy who played football at Grambling State University in HBCU, last year brought in Anthony Lanier, an undrafted free agent from Alabama A&M and HBCU, and we all know how that went. Five sacks in five games at the end of 2017 for Lanier. Doug Williams can strike twice. With dudes from a historically black college and university like Danny Johnson, if the guy is a success. I hold to it that the depth at cornerback is the Redskins' greatest weakness. I think so. I think that that is where, I mean, other than you can maybe say left guard, but I think the depth at cornerback, once you get beyond Norman, Dunbar, Skandrick, injuries can happen, and you need to have guys that you think actually have a shot to go out there. Jay Gruden is going to bring on the guys that give the best the Redskins the best chance to win. And I'm not saying that Strowman's going to get cut. I'm not saying I want Strowman to get cut because obviously, as a Virginia Tech guy, I want as many Virginia Tech players to be on this team and contribute as possible. But Danny Johnson could surprise a lot of people, and time will tell, but it's something to watch as we head towards the preseason. Another thing I noticed, the wide receiver battle is very, very real. I definitely understand that there is competition for the final wide receiver slots. And I don't know what it is, but before I showed up to training camp, I think I underestimated a guy like Brian Quick. Now, maybe that's a bias towards youth, me getting overhyped about the draft picks, but Quick was a big part of the Redskins' offense and had good rapport with Alex Smith in the 11-on-11s in the couple of practices I went to. Now, Brian Quick, you know, not the sexiest name. He's older. He was on the team last year, didn't play that much. Remember, you know, the biggest, one of the most fun, one of the most fun games of the Redskins season last year, the Seattle game, where Josh Doxson makes the catch at the one-yard line and the Redskins score at the end. That catch not possible without Brian Quick catching a 31-yard pass from Kirk Cousins to set up the Doxson catch one play later. Mo Harris also looking good. Probably had the catch at camp so far when he mossed Greg Stroman and... I mean, a lot of people are critical of Mo Harris, right? Because he's been a guy who started on the practice squad in 2017 and 2016. His defenders will bring up the catch against Minnesota. The people arguing against that will say, well, that's one catch. Anyone can make one catch. Well, it's not just one catch in practice so far. Mo Harris is playing like a guy who does not want to start his year on the practice squad for the third year in a row. So... I know that Rich Tanner over at NBC Sports Washington is all about it. He's all on the Mo Harris train. Trey Quinn, all of you fans are probably on the Trey Quinn train. He's been making grabs, guys. I mean, from what I saw, he's been making grabs and supposedly has been making grabs all camp long. On Saturday, he made a great play. He beat Fabian Moreau, saved maybe one catch that he could have made. I thought he played really well in a couple of practices I went to. Robert Davis didn't really catch my attention on Saturday, but he caught a big touchdown pass on Sunday. Some other observations here. Gosh, it is awesome to watch Jay Gruden run a practice. He is so vocal. He's so involved. I mean, he's doing press coverage on the line, on the line of scrimmage against Paul Richardson in 7-on-7 drills. He's yelling just compliments, insults, whatever. The entire time, he's a football guy. Textbook definition, really. And 
the practice on Saturday that he ran was so physical. So physical. And we saw how the team laid an egg in week one of the regular season last year against Philly. I mean, I guess it wasn't really laying an egg because they were close against the team that ultimately ended up winning the Super Bowl, but they came out a little slow against Philly. In preseason week one last year, they got absolutely demolished by the Ravens. Maybe Jay Gruden is saying, let's have a little bit more physical practice this year. And maybe that will reflect with a hotter start in the end. I don't know, but for 10,000 fans, and maybe it wasn't, it looked like about 10,000 fans at the Bond Scores Redskins Training Center. Saturday's practice was really entertaining to watch. Another thing I saw, the defense looks stout. Really looks like a whole new team, especially on that defensive line. Jonathan Allen, people forgot about him. I mean, I don't know why you'd forget about him, because he was projected to be the number three overall pick, right? Or like a top three, four pick in his draft. Falls because of concern about a shoulder injury. Gets injured, but it's not a shoulder injury. Played really well in the five games that he played, and people seem to forget about him. The hype is switched to the new rookies, Deron Payne. Darius Geis, so on and so forth. But if we're going to treat this like Jonathan Allen's rookie year, I mean, he's going to be a monster. This is an entirely new defensive line. There was a moment where Allen was really stuffing the line in in a fourth and one drill where the defense stuffed Rob Kelly a couple times in a row. Credit to Preston Smith as well, who really, really got in there. This defense is going to be a, a whole new unit this year, and especially with the run defense, we it's just... It's hard to describe, but it's something to look for in the preseason games to see if we can confirm my suspicion here and, of course, the suspicion of others. This defensive line could be completely revamped. Uh, Favorite moment of the weekend or one of my favorite moments of the weekend? I'll say there is two. Josh Norman had an awesome interception that looked like the Josh Norman of old. Hopefully we can see more of that last year. He really got up in the air and just stole the ball from a group of like three, four dudes that were up there. Took away from Alex Smith as well. And also, Ryan Anderson had the biggest hit of camp so far, apparently, from what I've heard, camp so far. And I thought that was pretty awesome. Jameson and Alex Smith, Jameson Crowder and Alex Smith, they look like they are in sync. They, they looked awesome. There was a uh, minute and they did like a minute, a one-minute drill, basically, that included a catch by Jordan Reed from Alex Smith and then capped off with a long pass from Alex Smith to Jamison Crowder for the touchdown. And I said to myself, I'm like, we need to be seeing more of that this year. Alex really brings a whole new dimension to the offense, and it's cool to watch him as both a player and a leader. I actually had the chance to talk to, to Vernon Davis about what it's like to play with Alex Smith again after you know they started their careers together in San Francisco. And what he told me was just, it really caught my attention. It really caught my attention. And I think it would catch your attention too. So let's, let's play the Vernon Davis clip here. So you and Alex look like you're pretty in sync out there already. Do you think that previous relationship that you guys had in San Francisco has uh, anything to do with that? Yeah, I feel like the chemistry, I feel like we never, we never left. It just feels like it's the same. It's, it's, it's all surreal to me. I remember when I heard he was coming to the Redskins and all I could do is say, wow, unbelievable, unbelievable, awesome. I'm I'm just elated to have him here and to be able to start and finish with him. Totally unexpected, but it's great. To hear that, and it's got to say all the more reason to be excited about the guy who is going to be lining up under center for the Washington Redskins this year. So now let's move on to preseason week one, right? Preseason week one. 
The Redskins are playing the New England Patriots. If you've lived under a rock, the Patriots are awesome. Like, not me. me. Awesome is, I guess, an objective term, but they're very, very good. They win their division every year for 20 years. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of the greatest coaches of all time, blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about the Redskins here. Chris Thompson won't be playing. Trent Williams won't be playing. Jay has already said that. Uh, This is pretty smart. They don't really, I mean, they're both coming off injury, and especially Trent Williams does not need a preseason game to get ready for the season. Trent Williams could strap on his helmet and walk out there week one, having not practiced in a year, and still be that much better than everyone else. I mean, he is on a whole different level. Chris Thompson, with the with the broken fibula last year, says he's still not at 100%. I mean, he looked good out there on the practice field, but he says he's still not feeling totally 100%, and that's natural. It's a process to come back from an injury like that, but... We know what Chris can do. We don't need him running out there in the preseason. That We don't need to run a risk there. In terms of the Redskins quarterback play, I expect to see some Alex Smith, but not a lot. Last year, uh, Kirk Cousins only threw two passes in the first preseason game. I expect to see something similar, but, I mean, it could be a little bit different this year. I don't know what Jay's strategy is, given that Alex is a new quarterback in this Jay Gruden system. That being said... Alex Smith is a, a veteran, a guy who, once again, probably doesn't need that many preseason games. So who knows, but it's the first preseason game. You're not going to be seeing too much of Alex Smith. It's just a matter of whether you'll be seeing an extremely small amount or a slightly less small amount. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, that's how it is. Uh, position battles to watch, like we talked about earlier. Stroman, Danny Johnson, Adonis, see how they do. They're all competing for one or two spots there. At running back, P. Ryan, Marshall, Capri Bibbs. Like I said, I feel like Rob Kelly is safe, and it's obviously going to be super exciting to see Darius Geis play live football in a Redskins jersey for the first time. It'll be exciting to compare him to Sony Michelle, a guy who the Patriots picked a running back in this draft picked him over Darius Geis. So if Darius, if you need a chip on your shoulder, remember the New England Patriots, the team that thinks they know it all, they passed up on you. Uh, from pure preseason competition, uh, I think the running back position is one of the most interesting. The guy to compare him to is Fish Smithson and uh, DeShazer Everett. Remember, I, I, I'm just not sold that Troy Apke, Apke can... Uh, be a big contributor this year. I think he needs a, a, a year to learn. They're not going to cut him, but they're going to need to find a solution there at safety in a backup role. Uh, on the defensive line, I'm really excited to see how Tim Saddle does. Tim Saddle getting a lot more reps this training camp, right, with Deron Payne being out for a couple weeks. Saddle was running with the ones and the twos at times. Uh, and just general stuff, I want to see if Anthony Lanier is keeping up that intensity in the preseason games. I want to see if Phil Taylor has anything left in the tank. Remember, he played so well last year in training camp and the preseason before he got hurt. At this point, I don't think Phil Taylor is going to make this roster, but these guys will get a good amount of snaps, and it's like the best reality show on TV, right? To watch these dudes who are just going for it, trying to make this NFL team like a dream. And a dream that makes you a couple million dollars sometimes, right? So that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would kind of want to see Phil Taylor. I mean, at one, remember, folks, at one point in the Redskins media cycle, Phil Taylor was like an entire week of what we talked about, which is so crazy. So crazy. That feels like 10 years ago in the Redskins news cycle. Uh, as for the Patriots, uh, don't expect to see too much. Check that. Probably any of Tom Brady. 
Tom Brady hasn't played in a Patriots preseason opener since 2015. I expect that trend to continue. So, yeah. Expect to see some Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer, St. Ignatius High School, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, So, yeah. So, I mean, it'll be much easier. It's hard to preview a preseason game. It's easier to review a preseason game. So, I'll give you a little bit more compelling analysis on that come Friday morning. Now, final thoughts here. I haven't been on, I haven't done a podcast in a while, right? A couple, couple days. So, D'Angelo Hall, congratulations to D'Angelo Hall on what has been a great career. And contrary to what some of the trolls on Twitter are saying, he's much more than just four picks in one game. 23 career interceptions as a Redskin, that's like the second most by any Redskin since 1980. So, it's like Daryl Green, obviously much higher, but then him rolling around second. It feels weird to hear him announce his retirement, right? Because he's been hurt so much over the past couple of years that it seems like he's been retired for a while. But he was a big contributor at the beginning of this decade, and I'm glad that he did get to be a part of some of my favorite games of the Jay Gruden era. His fumble recovery for a touchdown against Philadelphia in 2015 when the Skins were riding that train to a division championship and a playoff victory. Uh, as well as what I believe to be his closing act when he batted down that final pass, the Russell Wilson Hail Mary trying to win the game in Seattle. D'Angelo Hall bats it down in his first came back of trying to come back from that injury. It, it was a nice little curtain call for Hall, who at that point in his career was no longer playing at the level of an NFL player. But his final years on the team, you know, not didn't go to waste. I mean, you, you listen to the guys talk about what he was like in the locker room. Here's here's what Ryan Kerrigan told me about D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, he was uh, a big part of our you know our leadership here. He was a guy a lot of young guys really looked up to. A guy I know I looked up to coming in coming in and was good a good veteran presence to have. Right, thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. And all, and also you know the Redskins have had a lot of projects at cornerback. Here's what Quentin Dunbar had to say. Uh, talk about D'Angelo Hall as a uh, leader and a mentor during your first couple of years here. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, he helped me out tremendously uh, from helping me on and off the field, learning uh, the defense techniques and breaking down offenses. <laughs> and uh, the number number change, you uh, you talked to him about that at all? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, mean, I asked him, um, can I honor him and where? He said, yeah. So, all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate I- it. So to D'Angelo Hall, you know, he might not be in the Redskins' ring of honor. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. No one's calling him Daryl Green. But for a kid that grew up in the 757, that played football at Virginia Tech, to finish his career with the Washington Redskins, the team that he grew up watching, I think that's, you know, a very cool thing. And he was a very good player. And I wish him success in Whatever the future holds for him, he should coach Tech or the Redskins. So that that's that. Uh, and we're about ready to wrap it up. So thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, as always, any and all listeners that we have on this show. Now, remember, subscribe to this podcast. Please subscribe. I love when people subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe. And if you like what you're listening to, tell a friend. Tell a friend. Text them. Pull out your phone right now and text them this podcast.
I also got to give a shout out to the people I met from the Redskins tweet team at the Redskins Talk podcast party. First of all, shout out to JP, Mitch, Rich, Pete Haley, all way to throw a freaking awesome party, guys. Second, uh, Maurice, Susie, Gingerbeard Man, uh, 79 Chip Gut. I forget exactly off the top of my head what your Twitter handle is, but you are the man. You're all super cool, and it was awesome to meet you guys in person. Hope you're listening to this podcast. Uh, now, remember, guys, you can find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Player.fm, Podcast Addict, pretty much anywhere where podcasts are found other than Spotify. I'm trying to get us on Spotify. I'm trying to get us on Spotify. Hasn't worked out yet. But we will be back on Thursday. We're going to give you a full review of the Patriots preseason game, the game against the Patriots. Not obviously the Patriots preseason game, but we hope you tune in. So hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Not a one-star review, a five-star review. And we will see you on Friday morning. Until then, hail to the Redskins.